and friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Man, that's why we watch sports. That last night was a moment. That's right, Canadian soccer provided a moment. It wasn't the first time this year, it was the second. Maybe the third or the fourth moment. And it's not just the men. Hashtag gold medal in the face. But the long-suffering men's program gave us another moment last night, and it's why we watch sports. It was the kind of moment that delivered everything any Canadian sports fan could have ever wanted from it. The game, the environment, the crowd, and the result. Some would say 35 years in the making. The last time Canada made a World Cup. Some would say 45 years in the making. The last time Canada beat Mexico in World Cup qualifying. Some would say forever in the making. Because the last time Canada looked like the best team in CONCACAF is never. But right now, right now, you could not only make that argument, but you could back it up with the standings. That's right. Canada will end 2021 as the top team in CONCACAF. It gets a whistle out of Jesse. Oh, yeah. Having just taken four points from their home and away with the ninth-ranked team in the world, Mexico. And it was capped with absolute scenes in Edmonton. I sat here in June, and I told you that this was the dawn of a new era in Canadian men's soccer. But not even I would have believed undefeated and top of the group having just beaten Mexico. That's because I, like most hardcore footy fans in this country, have suffered heartbreak after heartbreak. From 8-1 in Honduras to heading back there in January as top of the bleeping group. After Jamaica drew the United States, I told you at the end of this show yesterday what it set up, the possibility that if Canada won, they would be top of the group. And man, did they ever deliver. Alistair Johnson has a strike. Kill Joe Spills. was capped by the most Canadian of celebrations. You saw Alfonso Davies running around, but Sam Atacubi, a fitting tribute to a wonderfully Canadian host in Edmonton who showed up and showed out, just like the men's national team. It's not often that things live up to the hype, but without a doubt, last night did. We will try our best to live up to the hype today. Tim McAuliffe, Jesse Rubinoff here with you. Episode number 168 of Tim and Friends. We tried our best to get a player or a coach on the show, but just couldn't make it happen. But our old friend, Canada's greatest goal scorer, or at least tied 
for now. Dwayne D. Rosario, next best thing. He will join us within the hour. Anthony Stewart also going to drop by as the conversation surrounding the Canucks and Canada's best hockey team all heat up. And as if that weren't enough, Ken Reed in studio, the possibility of Robbie Ray joining the fray if he wins the AL Cy Young Award, which is going to be handed out within the hour. Pretty damn good shot, Jesse. Yeah. Pretty damn good shot. Also feels like a pretty damn good show. But we'll let you be the judge of that. We'll kick it all off with first things first. What's the deal, Ron Popeil? Mmm. First things first. You know I have a little something riding on Robbie Ray to win Cyan. It was a little sprinkle a couple months ago when it was just... Why'd uh, you say it like that? Robbie Ray. Oh, I didn't want to just say Ray. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what, what you have on the brain. Listen, if he come, if he wins the AL Cy Young Award yeah. and I call him Ricky Ray on this show. No, I told you. I'm just going to handle it. It's a $50 donation okay. to the pot, okay? Okay, that's, yeah, that's fine. All right, it's a $50 fine today I'm willing if to I take, say it on the day he wins the AL I'm willing AL to take Cy it Young. off your hands. I can do it for you if if need be. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? Yeah. So we'll I'll see. I'll buy some Jay's Care Robbie Ray <laughs> tight pants gear yeah, on okay. 500 So it's a good cause. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to do it for sure now. Yeah, uh, you think so? Uh, Robbie okay. Ray, Robbie Ray, Robbie <laughs> Ray. Robbie. All right, let's get to the night. Come on, oh, kid. The country is buzzing after last night's game in Edmonton. Canada's win over Mexico. Not only a great story, but it, it really was a great game as well. As you said, truly a historic win for the program. So we got to start with the question of, of how exactly did this squad pull this off? They were the better team. For at least 85 minutes of that game, they were the better team. Like, I thought they were absolute full marks for a 2-0 lead against the ninth-ranked team. Whatever you think of FIFA's rankings, and they're kind of sort of bs but they're the ninth-ranked team in the world. Mm-hmm. And Canada was the better team significantly 85 minutes. They were full marks for a 2-0 lead. And I thought that Daniil Henry set a tone early mm-hmm. when he, he absolutely delivered a crunching tackle in the first minute <laughs> of the game. So Canadian. And it was kind of ugly at times, but Canada was full marks. Kyle Laren was, listen, I, I understand all the attention that Alfonso Davies gets mm-hmm. both off and on the pitch. And on the pitch last night, every time he touched the ball, there were two, and you could count three Mexicans a lot of times when he touched the ball. And that opens up opportunities for others on the pitch. And Kyle Laram was an absolute beast for Canada last night. He was my man of the match, and I don't even know if it was close. Not only did he get the two goals, not only did he tie our guest a little later on, Dwayne De Rosario, for... Canada's all-time scoring lead. He did it in 44 games. Di Rosario needed 81 to get to that total. And it wasn't just the goal scoring for Laren. He was doing it inside his own box. How many clears did you see Mm -hmm. from Laren on set pieces from Mexico? He was a beast all over the field. I thought Atiba Hutchison was a steadying presence in the middle of the pitch. And... As he set a record for everything kind of fell into place. Just imagine Kyle Laren was in the lineup because John Herdman decided to sit <laughs> Ligue 1, the leading scorer in France, 
ahead of Mbappe, Amazing. ahead of all of those huge names on PSG. He's the leading scorer in France, Jonathan David, and he was on the bench. And John Herdman had him on the bench for Kyle Lahren, who ended up scoring it's two unbelievable. goals. unbelievable. Where was your head at uh, heading into the break? Because it, it was a sort of a cagey match going into the break, and then they get that late goal right before they're going to the room. And it just felt like, obviously, it's crazy momentum to be able to take into the room, right? Like, that was what stuck out to me. And then it was just a different feel. It's a totally different game in the second half because you're you're now protecting a 1-0 lead. Right. It was just, I mean, obviously scenes, right? Like, that's all that will be replayed in my mind are scenes after scenes. And I thought that, obviously, it was a huge goal, especially just before the break, yeah. where you lift the entire energy of the building. Totally. And you could you could feel it throughout the building. Then to get the 2-0 goal, because anyone who's ever watched the Canadian men's national team knew there was going to be something that yeah. would make this interesting. And my God, as I mentioned, the men of the match, like Milan Borian... <laughs> Is right there, is he not? I don't under like I still don't really understand how he made that save. And you know, everyone knows what save I'm talking about. The one where he pulled it off the goal line, like as if it was nothing. And, and I just when this. you have the, when you have the ball that close to the net, how do you not score? The reason is Milan Borian came up absolutely huge in that moment. And yeah, I mean, you could choose a handful of Canadian players for the man of the match, and Borian's got to be right up there because of of that moment right there. When you're talking about no, he was great the whole moments game. Moments from that game. Like, he, that, that was like, and by the way, uh, Dobbs, who used to produce World Cup tonight, I'll yeah. ask you, Jesse, was that pretty damn close to a handball? Yeah, definitely looked like it to me. Very close. Like, there were, it was. Dobbs is su- saying absolutely close. Super close. Yeah. And like, Borean, if you're a keeper, you have to make the save. Yeah. You just, it's a reflex. You don't know, but look closely. Like, that could have been one of the most CONCACAF moments of all CONCACAF moments. If that's a handball, it goes in to equalize. And when you look at the standings, it's so important, these three points. These three points are absolutely huge because Panama won't go away. So, I mean, listen, this was a moment. This mm-hmm. was a feeling. This was unbelievable. And it was evidence in the ratings. Think about, oh, yeah, the ratings. You want to give the numbers or do you want me to do it? Well, I mean, listen, you, you can do it. I don't know if g- give me the numbers and then I'll add on what I'm what I'm hearing too. Well, the ratings I have last night: uh, 1.153 million watched Canada Mexico last night on, on Sportsnet. Sports, on Sportsnet, uh, 603,000 watched the Leafs game last night. Although it was a, a regional. These are averages. Game. These aren't total numbers in yes. some other place. I don't know, the three-letter always talks about their heights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are averages. And RDS, too, which you so pointed you, out. You add RDS, and it's pretty damn cl- in Quebec, in Quebec, and it was pretty damn close to 2 million people watching that game Tim. last night on average. On average. And it wasn't just Canada. If you look across the world, Canada is making an imprint. There were headlines all across the world about who now leads in CONCACAF. The Guardian. Canada's frozen squad, the Ice Tech, Canada beats Mexico 2-1 in an Edmonton chill, the Sun, Mexico and Canada. Well, they had to go tabloid on this one and talk about what happened at the end. Um, it was just a lot of different websites um, kind of shaking their head at what they saw. And I said this to you when we were on the air yesterday. If they beat them, there's going to be absolute scenes. They keep in, in France... 
talking about them being at the head of the qualification table at the end of 2021. All these things, just unbelievable that the Canadian men's program <laughs> is at this point for so many who have followed for so many years. And as evidenced by the ratings, the bandwagon's open, jump on, mm -hmm. no gatekeeping anywhere. Mm -hmm. People want you to enjoy the beautiful game like the rest of the world enjoys the beautiful well, game. Well, over two million people apparently did enjoy the game last night. And, and you were talking about a moment, right? And there were, there were plenty of moments throughout the game within the overall moment. And one of those moments was obviously the snowbank selling. You alluded to it. Uh, it was after Laird's second goal. It spawned memes instantly. Like, it's one of those things on, on social media. You're watching something and you just know. As soon as you see it, like, this is going to become a thing yeah. for a very, very long time. And instantly, every single person you know is just tweeting or Instagramming this celebration. Like, what was your favorite part of it? All I got to say about this is I wondered if Canada would have their moment. Yeah. And this was like, this epitomized absolutely everything about it. Because Edmonton, for all the consternation about it, be, it absolutely served its purpose in every way, shape, mm -hmm. and form. The cold intimidated both Costa Rica and Mexico. Uh, Mexico didn't look like itself until the last minutes of the game. Freezing on the bench. Yeah, they were freezing <laughs> on the bench. And this, like, this was just a moment within a moment. And Sam Atacubi, God bless you. Like, he was one of two. Alistair Johnson and him went sleeveless. They went short <laughs> sleeves in the first half. And Atacubi had switched into the second half to put the sleeves on, and Alistair Johnson was the only guy out there. He's like the old lineman yeah. intimidating people in the cold by not wearing the sleeves. Love it. And, you know, Sinky loved it. There was just all across the world that moment definitely It's hit. just such a charming Canadian thing, right? Because, like, when you're growing up, whether you're playing soccer or outside or... Uh, hockey, street hockey, whatever. Like you score a goal, you go jump into a snowbank. Like people have done that during recess, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yes. that's what Canadian kids do growing up. In and foot so, hockey. In foot hockey. So that's yeah. why you knew it was going to become, you know, a, a heritage moment, if you will, that everyone was throwing out there last night. It was just one of those things that you you saw it happen and you knew exactly uh, what was going to become of it. For it's sure. It just was an awesome moment within what was yeah. a moment of a game, and we don't like those come around every once in a while. Um, and that was one of them last night. Yeah, so what I want to get to now... In its um, entirety. It, it felt like last night, obviously, was the biggest moment that this program has had, possibly ever, right? But they still have six games remaining here. They yeah. haven't actually qualified uh, for the World Cup just yet. The next window begins in late January. They have six games remaining on the schedule. Uh, we've talked about POF. We know how much you love that. Mm -hmm. So according to uh, We Global Football, Canada has a 95.54% chance of qualifying for the World Cup. I'm having Jay's flashbacks right now. 95.54%. How confident are you that they'll be in Qatar almost exactly one year from now? I'm confident, but that number is ridiculous. <laughs> Four of the six that you mentioned come on the road. And I know there are a lot of folks that don't understand how tough it is to go on the road yeah. in CONCACAF. But January 27th at Honduras. Then they get the States at home, which is not going to be an easy match by any stretch of the imagination. Then they go to El Salvador, Costa Rica, and they close with Panama, who won't go away. This is not done and dusted in any way, shape, or form. This is going to be tough all the way down to the wire. It looks like they're a lock for the three and a half spots, right? Yeah, I think like, the playoff is pretty much a lock. probably point, right? get into that four spot at right. worst, but you don't want to mess with that. 
You want the top three spots. You want the automatic qualification. And this is not done and dusted in any way. Panama gets a result last night and they will not go away. But, you know, Jesse, oftentimes we get into shows where we're coming off of a moment and I can't help but think of friends of the show. This is one of those moments. This is one of those shows. And because of it, we have brought in the new <laughs> world order. Sid Sixero joins me from the Sixero Estates in downtown Mississauga. Let me tell you something, McAuliffe. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Jesse. Mm -hmm. By the way, Jesse, what were those ridiculous numbers you had? What were the percentages? 95.5. It doesn't matter what the percentages <laughs> are. <laughs> There's a 100% chance. I'm looking in the right camera. 100% chance. How many cameras you got? Canada is going to automatically qualify for this little tournament known as the World Cup. There's going to be no playoff. There's going to be no, oh, can we beat Paraguay? None of that stuff. All right? You saw and I saw and Jesse saw and everyone saw what the deal was last night. They got lucky scoring that goal at the end. They got lucky. Our guys were exhausted, defensive laps, in comes Herrera, Atletico Madrid, boom. They got lucky. <laughs> that thing should have been wrapped up. They were annoyed they didn't get the clean sheet. Annoyed. Not about that. Great to see you, by the way. Jesse, it's good to see you, too. See you, Sid. I want to, Great shirt. I want to give some thank. I want, right? Yeah. Seriously. It's laundry day, to be honest with you, but I thought it worked. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it, I thought it was fitting. Well, I think there are a couple things I are fitting. Before you, before you go on, uh, one it's that you're actually, sitting it's on. A me, it's a medium. It's really fitting. <laughs> it's really fitting. It's medium. Uh, yeah. Don't worry. I can't see your breasts. They're fine. Um, <laughs> the fact that you're sitting. Yes. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> wait till the celebration. Yeah. The fact that you're yeah. sitting on the couch for this makes me very happy. Why is that? Because <laughs> that's, that? that's just where you and I do most of our business is on the couch. And I mean watching sports. I got to be, I gotta be honest. <laughs> Ten minutes ago, I was right here. So my position hasn't changed. No, I know. That's I just I turned on Zoom. Shout out Dobby and Nazo and everyone. Honestly, McAuliffe, I just want to give some thank yous if I can. Yes. I don't have a big speech. I just have thank, thank yous. Thank you to the people of Edmund. Wow. The respect, the respect given to this program. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it could happen one day, but like I, I'll, I believe it when I see it. And it was unbelievable. So thank you, thank you to Daniil Henry for not getting thrown out in the first eight minutes of the game last night. <laughs> the first minute of um, the game. I was super worried, dude. I'm not like I know. I know some people thought that was funny. I thought my guy was going to ruin the night for all of us. Yeah. So I want to thank Daniil Henry for not body checking a seventh person and getting thrown out in the first eight minutes. I want to thank Atiba Hutchinson. Atiba Hutchinson quit the national team in 2018. He'd had enough. And John Herdman convinced him to come back. And Atiba earned the right. Timmy, how many, how many times did Atiba show up for a program oh. that really didn't care about him as much as he cared oh. about the program? Yeah, maybe the How many times? I said yesterday, maybe the most underrated athlete in Canadian history. These shots from the Canada Soccer Twitter account of Atiba just having a moment, having made more appearances now than anyone else for the program. Thank you, Atiba Hutchinson, the most at times disrespected athlete we've ever had, and one of the best athletes we've ever had. Atiba, love you. Yeah. Absolutely love you. Uh, I want to thank Milan Borja. Yeah. 
being a leader. Timmy, there were two guys in Honduras in 2012, right? There was Atiba on the bench, or excuse me, on the field for the 8-1 loss. Milan Borian was on the bench. Don't tell me he didn't remember that. Don't tell me that he that hasn't stuck in his craw this entire time. Yeah. And that is the epitome. I'm not making any any jogging pants jokes today. He is he is a leader on that team. He is a backbone of that team. Milan Borian, thank you. Kyle Lauren, uh, thank you for learning some lessons. You know, he went to Orlando, Timmy. Yeah. Off the field, yep. like a rough go. Yep. Went to Besiktas, tough league. He's a pro now. He knows what it's about, and you're seeing it. Thank you to Kyle Aaron. Um, thank you to John Herdman. He's not just a motivator anymore. He sat Jonathan David last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He sat one of the best strikers in Europe last night because he had a hunch. And it worked. He is not just a motivator. He's one of the best tactical coaches I've seen in a while because everything's working. Uh, thank you to Alistair Johnston for, for for hitting that ball sweetly on that one nothing goal. That goal was made by the swerve. That was all yep. Johnston. Yep. And he's, he's playing out of position. He's playing center back. He's not really a center back. And, um, and I want to thank the Voyagers and everyone who supported this program. And I'm kind of emotional today. Yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm really. Are you, are you feeling the same? Like I'm still processing them. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still processing them. I don't know that. Like my son and I celebrated that first goal, unlike I've ever celebrated anything in sports. And I've lost a little bit of the fan in me for a lot of the sports that we get too close to. But for this, it's still there. And, like, we were jumping up and down. And it was unbelievable. It was, yeah. good, it was a moment. A moment. That's and, all we, it was a moment. And, yeah. and, and finally, Tim, uh, I want to thank all the Mexican supporters that showed up and witnessed their team lose in the cold. Because, Tim, I've, I've been to games versus Mexico. It's an annoying fan base. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> it's a confident American fan, fan base. American fan base is just as annoying. Just as annoying. Sorry. Someone calling in. It's okay. We went to Viz. Yeah. You got me now? Yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah. It's the treadmill guys who are five hours late who are showing up now as we're talking <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. What? I treadmill, treadmill guys? I'm, I swear to God. What the I hell are you treadmill. talking about? Swear treadmill. To, you Your know wife. what? Your Let's wife bought a treadmill? Mexico. Let's talk about Mexico because <laughs> they called again. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. They called twice. No, I'm finishing this. I've been here for five hours. Right. Finish this conversation. Unbelievable. By the way, exercise is dumb. Don't do it. It's stupid. Cost you money. Don't get the treadmill. No, don't. They're at the door. McAuliffe and Giuseppe. I can't come. All right, good. I had no real point. I just wanted to rip on the Mexican fan. I've, I've been to plenty of games, and Tim, yeah. it was just one ass kicking after another, and last night was shh. Yeah. Down. Quiet. Can't hear you. What? Quiet down. Unbelievable. Third time. <laughs> That's right, go. go get the, okay, go get go. the treadmill. I miss you. I couldn't have done this without you dropping in. By the way, they can play that game next year against the States. Put it in Vancouver. We'll kick their ass in Vancouver with a roof. We don't need, we don't need to go back then. I'm, I'm, We're good. I'm with you on that. NWO for life, Sixero. Go NWO work out. NWO for life. Canada. Sid's NWO term was going to breakfast television. <laughs> I wish he was there for that one. Uh, all of that very true. And I, like, did, For a moment there, I thought he was going to cry. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I look, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be like an, a soccer expert, but when I think about the people that have been supporting it for a very long time, yeah. like it's hard not to get emotional. Like there's a lot of lean years there, Without a lot a of lean years in that program, and, and people have a lot to be happy about today. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Before we go any further, I want to send our best and more, to be honest, to all the folks affected by the flooding and the landslides in BC. I know the province has been through a hell of a lot this year from the fires to the heat wave and now this. Uh, we know Canada is at its best when it rallies together. This is one of those times. And it's not just thoughts and prayers. It's more, it's action. If you can help, please do. And maybe it's time to take some of these issues seriously. All right, still to come on today's show. Ken Reed in studio, hour number two. Anthony Stewart also dropping by to discuss all things hockey. Dan Shulman, award winner on the Jays and an AL Cy Young that's going to be given out a little later on. And if Robbie Ray wins, he might just join us. Plus, after the break, Canadian soccer legend Dwayne D. Rosario on last night's incredible scenes. Tim and friends on a Wednesday. Let's go, kids. The only team in CONCACAF to still be undefeated through three games of this final qualifying stage. Robbie Ray only bolstering his case for the Cy Young Award. Certainly looks like the front runner. Curry lets it fly. 37 points. What a night. Now, do you know how hard that is right there to pump fake from 35 feet and reload makes it look easy. Goodrow and Gallagher having some words. It's a sucker punch by Gallagher. He surprised Goodrow with a punch right to the right to the jaw. I think there's two sides of it as well. Uh, yeah, there's there's some acting going on there. This is the land of snow and ice. This is Canada versus Mexico. Alistair Johnson has a strike. Kill Joe Smith. of absolute scenes in Edmonton last night. My next guest is one of the greatest to ever pull on one of those Canadian jerseys. If you forgot or are just a Ute, Google him, YouTube the highlights. It's Dwayne DiRosario joining me now from home. Dwayne, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate you coming on today. Like, where the hell does that rank last night? All I can say, are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? <laughs> I, I got it for you. When, when you're watching last night, and I was talking to you during the commercial break, you're sitting at home watching this game because you don't want to be bothered. Like, 
What's going through your mind as someone who's gone through all of the struggles that this program has been through to get to this point? Uh, lots, lots of emotions. Um, it's, it's, it's the whole buildup leading up to a, a game against Mexico that entails so much, you know, it's heightened media, it's heightened attention, it's heightened, everything is heightened, you know, magnified on both sides. And, you know, obviously a lot of attention's being shifted toward, towards the weather. And as mentioned many times before, no one's complaining or no one's asking a question when we got to play altitude at 2 o'clock in the dead heat in, in, in these conditions in Central and, and um, in the Caribbean. So this is part of, part of the atmosphere and you got to find ways to, to, to play. And, and find ways to win. And I think the way we approached the game was spot on. It's funny because I was trying to explain yesterday how this is tactics. Like, the rest of the world uses things like this as part of their tactics. 4-4-2, when you play, where you play, how you play, and who you play. With all the worries surrounding Edmonton, the cold, the pitch, uh, going to the city of champions accomplished exactly what they wanted, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, salute all the people that that showed up in Edmonton, all the local Canadian um, fans that came out and showed their support. And, uh, you know, I think, I think again, they're the 12th man. They're, they're the ones that drive the, the engine. They're the ones that, you know, we lean on when we, when we need that extra support. And as we see the fans and the crowd waving the flag and you're coming onto the field, you're feeling that energy, right? And the other, the other, the other team is feeling it as well. I've been in so many matches, right? where we've played Mexico in Canada and it felt like an away match. Right. So, you know, every time we've played in Edmonton, it's always been a, a, an amazing supporting cast. Now we're seeing it here in Toronto with the games at BMO. And, and it's, it, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's refreshing. It's beautiful to see. And, um, you know, we just got to keep building on it now. Uh, Dwayne, you and I have uh, bonded over a shared love of pinchers and believe in the mantra that you should never diss the champion. But every once in a while, you kind of have to stand up to the champion, don't you? For sure. And we did that. We made a bold statement. And I have to give a lot of respect to Daniil Henry. I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, but he set the tone with that first tackle. He, right there. He set the tone. It was, it, was, it was dangerous, but that's what his job was. His job was to go out there, set the tone, take them out their game, put them in an uncomfortable position, keep their forwards quiet. And, and I think he did that. It's unfortunate to see him coming out the, out the game when he did. But I think it was it was all in due time. I think that was going to happen anyways. But you see here, like, you look, when I see this, I'm not just seeing one Canadian player. I'm seeing a, a one player backed by yeah. many Canadian players. And that's what we need, right? You're seeing a, frustration, a frustrated Mexican side realizing that, man, we're getting hit, handed to us now. We're, we're in the past, yes, we've had the opportunity to beat Mexico before, but when a, in, a, in a situation where it really matters, I was a part of the 2000 Gold Cup, and there's nothing better than beating Mexico. I'll tell you that. And the U.S. <laughs> I put the U.S. in there as well. So who was your man of the match yesterday? Man, there's so much. I would have to give it. There, there's two in particular. Obviously, um, Atiba, for, for what he's done for this yeah. country, for what he continues to do, um, you know, accomplishing 90 caps he had a solid game he, he he controls the game in the midfield the guys look up to look up to him he knows when to control the team he knows when to control emotions um and then obviously Kyle Lahren for for tying my my, my goal scoring record um salute to him it's always nice to see a, a fellow uh Torontonian um you know right beside me uh you know similar background similar similar upbringing uh, and and I'm, and I'm so happy to be tied with, with such a player of his caliber. That's awesome. Um, 
it's not often that a Canadian squad leaves the leading scorer in League 1 off of the starting 11. Like, Jonathan David leads all of France in scoring at the highest level. What does it tell you about this team to see Jonathan David coming off the bench? Well, listen, it, it doesn't only really talk about the, the team. It talks about the, the culture here in Canada. You know, a lot of people, I mean, these kids started here. Let's not forget, yeah. you know, Kyle Lahren started here. Jonathan David started yeah. here. Atiba started. All these guys started their football here in our very backyards. So as a young kid growing up, that is, you can't get more inspiration than that as you watch these guys accomplish what they're accomplishing. As you mentioned, you know, we're talking about the same league PSGs. We're talking about them getting all the media and all the attention. Well, guess what? A Canadian is leading that goal scoring lead, yeah. um, league. And that's something to be very, very proud of. There's, that's something that we should highlight. We should do. We should put them on the forefront of all of the media, all of the article. We shouldn't wait till we beat Mexico to, to do it. <laughs> but hey, it helps, right? I, I, what, these, what these guys are accomplishing on, on an international level is fantastic. I hope this shows a little bit different. I hope that we've we've shined a little bit of a light over the years to make sure that that was happening. And I was trying to tell if we had sit on in the opening segment, and uh, I was trying to say that this isn't over. Like. Four of the next six on yeah. the road, Honduras, El Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama. I know that they're below Canada in the standings, but you've been there. Can you tell people what it's like to go to places like I just mentioned, even if they're lower in the standings? Yeah, I mean, listen, Edmonton environment was a great atmosphere, but I have to be realistic. I mean, when you go to Central America, it's that magnified 10 without with the projectiles flying at you, with the partying outside your hotel, with your fire alarms being pulled, with your phone constantly being rung, with lights going into your hotel room. You have to sleep with AirPods or some people just can't sleep, so they have to take sleeping pills. It's like it's it's a so much of emotions and 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 they test you in every, in every way as soon as you get off the plane they're in your face with cameras and media so it's um it, it's a very um intimidating environment uh but you know i think we have a, a players that is resilient and players that are willing to face whatever comes uh, um, in their direction. We have a young, exciting team led by experience right from the back line, from Milan in goal, right to Atiba, Daniil in the defense. These guys being through these situations, these environments, so um, they know how to manage themselves in, in, in these environments. And listen, when you tie U.S. in U.S., you tie Mexico in Mexico, and you yeah. beat them at home, it's a pretty good uh, place to start. But you're right. We haven't accomplished anything yet. So so let me ask you this, because you know that I have respect for you. I have respect for Bruce Wilson. I have respect for Paul Stalteri. I have yep. respect for everyone who has come before this group. I'm asking you, though, and I told the kids, YouTube this man's highlights. You will see what kind of quality pops up. Is this the best Canadian team that we've ever seen? I have to say so. I mean, you, you, you can't you cannot deny that. I mean, the results speak for itself. At the end of the day, you know, you look at someone's results and someone's stats. There, are, yes, there are some players that uh, maybe Atiba. He's not scoring the goals. He's not he's not getting the assists. But the work he puts in, yeah. it, it, it's you can't overlook uh, what he's doing. Milan in net. You know, I mean, the the saves he's doing and vo uh, vocally leading leading the team. Kamal Miller huge standout i mean 
fantastic. I mean, a player that is rose to the occasion. But for me, I think it is it is the best team that we've ever field, fielded. Um, it's hard to say that because yeah. you know, <laughs> playing with the guys you mentioned, Julian de Guzman, Zatibo, Hudson, yeah. Ali, Jerba, Patrice, you know, we had a fantastic uh, team for our era. Um, but, you know, what these guys are accomplish, accomplishing right now is fantastic. And I'm glad that um, we're stepping up and we're supporting them and giving them everything they need to be successful. Okay, one last one for you. And I know I got to go here, but I, I got to ask this because, like, I know what you pour into the system. And it's not just at a pro level. It's with the kids. It's working at the grassroots level. Just, at, like, take the – I love you because you came on and you gave us analysis. You gave us from experience. Just talk from the heart for a flash. How proud were you seeing what you saw on the pitch yesterday? Oh man, it's 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 a it's, it's a dream come true. I've I've worked blood, sweat, and tears to try to help this country to make it to the hex where they're playing right now, and and even to get into a World Cup. For me, as a kid, that's always been my ultimate dream to see Canada play in a World Cup and to be a part of it as a player. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to to accomplish that, but fortunately. I uh, hope I'm alive to, to see Canada make a World Cup. And, and you know, it's, it, that would be the most emotional day of my life, to be honest. That would be, um, even even if I'm not a player for me, that would be the most uh, greatest accomplishment that I've been able to, to live because every kid's dream is to play the, the, the beat the Grand Dance. And the Grand Dance is the World Cup. Awesome. Uh, you're still a part of it, my dude. Without a doubt, Thank you, you are still a part of it. Thank you for Love doing you guys, this. Man. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Uh, there is Dwayne De Rosario joining us, uh, Canada's all-time leading goal scorer, tied with Kyle Lahren. What a great moment it was to hear him talking about Kyle tying his record. Awesome. All right, listen, hockey coming up after the break. Jets and Leafs, impressive win last night. So who's the best team in Canada? Is it still the Edmonton Oilers? Are the Warriors the best team in the NBA? We'll tackle it all next right here on Tim and Friends. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. After some linkage between Justin Verlander and the Toronto Blue Jays, Rosie saying something, John Heyman saying something, Ben Verlander says Justin Verlander is signing with the Houston Astros. It's official. If you're wondering the source, it's his brother. Yeah, he would know. He would I know, think right? I'm yeah. pretty sure he would know. So it looks like uh, just moments ago, 5.37 p.m., that was posted. Justin Verlander signing with the Houston Astros. That's all right, though. A lot of fish in the sea. Doesn't mean it's over for the Jays. That's just one option. I just, I, you can't get sucked into these rumors around. That they're going to sign everyone. Because they always use the same teams. Yeah. It's always the Yankees. It's always the Jays. The teams that are trading are always the Marlins and always the A's. Just be careful. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Weren't the Dodgers in on him, too? Like, it's just always the yeah. big market, the teams that are willing to spend. Without a doubt. Every yeah. once in a while, I see a curveball, but it's usually the same teams. Let's go to hockey. Okay. Let's do it. The Winnipeg Jets are in first place in the Central Division after a 5-2 win over the Oilers last night. Since losing their first three games, everyone was questioning them in that little chunk of the season. But the Jets have gone 9-1-2 in their last 12. So where do they rank? in your Canadian team power rankings, Timmy. <laughs> I know that at the beginning of the season, Frank Cervelli, Elliot Freeman, uh, the Jets were the team to beat in Canada. Yeah, and I wasn't far off on that either. Nope. I was pretty high on the Jets, and here's why. Goaltending was an issue last night. Mm-hmm. That first shot on Miko Koskinen... Cannot happen. Cannot happen. And it did happen, and that's why people are worried about no matter what the firepower is 
on this Edmonton Oilers team? Are Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen good enough to get a get it done when it matters most. And that's why Frank Saravelli and Elliot Friedman picked the Winnipeg Jets mm -hmm. because they had the goalie. Connor Hellebuck is the best goaltender in Canada when Carey Price is not on the ice. I will say this, man is Jack Campbell putting his name in the conversation. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that the Leafs have solved everything with a nine out of 10 run, but when you look at the numbers that Jack Campbell has put up as a Toronto Maple Leaf, this isn't a small sample size anymore. The numbers this year, off the charts. Add the numbers last year, also off the charts. I don't know if they have the defense to get this done when it matters most, but after that egg against LA, I said, how often is that going to happen? And the Leafs have responded with shut them down type wins. Can I tell you why I was, I was giggling when you brought up Jack Campbell? Because I think this was probably a couple weeks ago now. I tweeted that, uh, this was tongue-in-cheek, by the way, is Jack Campbell in the conversation to be the starter for the Americans at the Olympics? Mm -hmm. And I got eviscerated, yeah. pretty much. And there's a lot Hellebuck, of Canucks, yeah. Thatcher Demko, yeah. Connor Hellebuck. Understandably, they're great goaltenders, but to just dismiss Jack Campbell like far, right away... It would be ridiculous given what he's done over the last year and a half. Is it, would it not? Like they Just have, look at that. Just look at that Gibson, number. Campbell, uh, Demko, and Hellebuck are basically the four goalies. And I think you, you owe it to the team to give all of them a look because Jack Campbell has been outstanding now for basically what accumulates to a season. Guy leads the NHL in goals against with, the, like, Toron with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's not that crazy. I it's not like they're a defensive and stalwart. And like, he's there for save percentage too. Right. Like... Whatever number you look at for Jack Campbell in a Toronto Maple Leafs uniform with that defense in front of him, mm -hmm. it's near jaw-dropping. Right. And listen, I know that the seven games against the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs last year raised some eyebrows. Where he went when he struggled last year raised some eyebrows. But it's no longer a small sample size. It's not just this year. Go back to last year, add his numbers together in front of the – Behind the Leafs' defense. Yeah. And they've all been really, really good. He ain't playing behind the 2,000 Devils. No. That's there's no shit. Scott Stevens. There's no Peter yeah. Meyer. There's <laughs> no Traps. No that. Uh, okay. So I brought up Thatcher Demko. we got to go to Vancouver. Tensions are high in the lower yeah. mainland as the Canucks opening three-game homestand tonight against the Avalanche on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. Vancouver returns from just a devastating 0-3 road trip during which they were outscored 19-6 in McIntyre, wrote on sportsnet.ca that the upcoming homestand feels like a, quote, last chance final exam for the Benning Green era. Do you think they'll pass? This one is hard for me because I thought that they were better. I repeatedly said it on the show, but mm -hmm. maybe I was fooled by a run in the bubble. Last year was a write-off, especially at the end. But even for me, there comes a time that if someone keeps showing you who they are, you have to believe them. Eight seasons in, and I'm at that point with Jim Benning and the Canucks, what you built simply isn't good enough. Almost every season under Benning has ended with, ah, damn. But don't worry, we're going to make an off-season move. We've, we made those changes. <laughs> this will do it. And it never did. Like, even if you gave Benning the credit for drafting well, which is debatable, which is also why the Wild wanted Judd Brackett, the former Canucks director of amateur scouting. But Benning's pickups have been busts or highly paid prices 
to add to the team. And again, look at the numbers. Look at the results at the end of the year. They're not good enough. Eight seasons of this. Eight. One surprise run in a bubble? As a wildly mediocre 80s TV show taught me, eight is enough. I think Jim Benning's time is done in Vancouver. But does that mean that you make a move in the middle of the season? Because that, how does, that doesn't really set up the, the next GM for Listen. success. Like, would it be in the offseason and this season's just a write-off? Like, how does... Listen, they, they got their asses handed to them mm-hmm. on that three-game road trip. Destroyed. Yeah. 7-1 in Colorado was embarrassing. Yeah. We talked about it after. Mm-hmm. They're playing Colorado again tonight. I, I'm with you. I think that you probably don't want to make moves this early in the season. I think you probably want to wait. But, man, like the pressure is building there. And if tonight it goes ugly again, like something might have to happen way sooner than you thought. And do me a favor. Next time you leak out information about who's talking to who and when they're talking to who, don't send your captain, Bo Horvat and your coach, Travis Green, to answer the questions. Like, I haven't seen Jim Benning for a while, nor have I seen the chairman in a long time. Like, that was a tough position to put those two guys in front of. Here's the information. There's a meeting between the higher-ups, and then practice happens. And those two guys got to answer the questions. Man, that's not how you run an organization. I'm sorry. No. uh, Very curious decision-making. I just don't don't know where they go. Like, you you can talk about the Benning move or the Green move, but it's it feels like it's so much deeper than that. Like, it's it's roster construction. It's effort. It's it's every facet is where they're struggling right now. And part of me, like, if Besser was better, if Pedersen was better, and not, what, like, fifth and sixth in scoring, or sixth and seventh in scoring on the team, you might be in a better spot. But... Eventually, the numbers are just the we were high Anthony that. Stewart is dropping by the studio. We'll ask him if Travis Green and Jim Benning are safe. We'll do that all next. A little hockey, Kenny Reed, Anthony Stewart, Danny Shulman later. Stay tuned, please. Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Chief Dogs. Back here, hour number two, Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360. Full hour across the board. It'll include Ken Reed in studio, Danny Shulman to talk Cy Young and all things Toronto Blue Jays as they hand out the Cy Young Award very soon. Plus, Anthony Stewart in moments. He's just sitting beside me right now, but he's being kind of quiet, which is nice. Uh, We'll discuss the Canucks. The return home, the pressure on the team, Travis Green, Jim Benning, a lot of things to get through with the Canucks and maybe who's the best team in Canada. But we are about 20 minutes away from finding out who that AL Cy Young Award winner will be. The Jays' Robbie Ray, betting favorite. He's up against the Yankees' Garrett Cole and the White Sox' Lance Lynn. Ray led the American League in innings, ERA, strikeouts, and quit. We'll bring you the results as soon as they happen. Again, about 20 minutes from now. Uh, to hockey quickly, Habs' Brendan Gallagher has been fined 2500 bucks for roughing after his punch to the face of Barkley Goudreau last night. Gallagher was tossed after the incident late in the game. The Habs lost for the sixth time in seven games as they sit second last in the Eastern Conference. I liked Goudreau's peekaboo. Gallagher spoke about the incident earlier today. I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, 
you know, he got fined. So I uh, kind of expected that to come. Uh, but I think there's two sides of it as well. Uh, you know, there's there's some acting going on there. And, um, you know, I think I uh, a lot of players have a little bit too much pride to act like that. I guess he, he felt, uh, you know, whatever he had to do to, I don't know, he was obviously fine. But take the fine, move on. You going to get fined for that too? I don't think so. I think, uh, did you see the peekaboo tweets? No. Oh, he was peeking out the side of his eye. He knew exactly what was going on. Uh, Panthers' Alex Barkov, not as bad as it looked. Head coach Andrew Burnett called it best-case scenario for Barkov. He is week-to-week. Uh, he leads the Panthers in goals and points. Panthers, two points up on the Leafs atop the Atlantic Division. I mentioned Stewart was in the studio. Anthony Stewart is in the studio. Thanks for uh, putting up with this. I'm doing well, patiently waiting. How's everything going with you? <laughs> Very well. I got a story to tell you. Uh-oh. So I, uh, I pull into the building here at the, the Rogers Complex in somewhat downtown Toronto. I don't mm-hmm. know if we call it uptown Toronto. And I'm driving through the underground garage. And there's two kind of areas. There's like the TV area. There's like the Hockey Night in Canada area now, which is you know where the big shots go. <laughs> there's the radio area. And there's all, the, and I'm going through the radio side of things, and more like the office building side of things. And someone starts waving, "Hey, Tim, stop, Tim!" And I so I do the window, and he goes, "Hey, I got something for you." And I was like, kind of weird, didn't know who the guy was at all. And and so I stop, I get out of the car, I go, "Hey, what's your name?" JP. And uh, he reaches into his bag, and being a kid from, from Scarborough. Scarborough, I got a little nervous. Yeah. Like I wondered if I was going to get rolled <laughs> in the food court at Scarborough Town Center. Don't and tell me I know where this is going. I stepped back. Did he pull out a pen? Nope. Oh. He pulled out a three-pack <laughs> of pens <laughs> and gave them to me wow. and said, hey, I heard that you lost uh, your big four-color Scarborough iPhone pens. And I wanted to replace them for you. Well, that's great, but uh, I'm going to have to Scarborough tax you because you know it was originally my idea. So I think I owe, you owe me at least one of those. Scarborough tax, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, great. SHT. Uh, <laughs> so I'll give you one of those. That's from JP. Perfect. It's not from me. Jesse, we got three to go around. Here we go. Over oh, top, nice grab. catch. Look at that goalie, boy. former goalie. And so uh, we've all got one of the pens. And I don't know if you know this, but Richard Marks is teeth in our lines. Did you see this on Twitter? I did not see it. Let's see it. So Richard Marks goes, kids want the latest iPhone. I remember wanting this pen. Now, you called this the Scarborough iPhone. I give you full credit to this. Mm. Is, is Richard Marks stealing our ass here? Watching yeah, the show. I'm going to have to meme him uh, meme him <laughs> off of Twitter. Yeah, he's watching, that's that's, that's stealing our stuff there. Yeah, that is most definitely stealing. Is that a... Uh, a different color. Yeah, this is the, uh, the uh, I couldn't let that go. X, I'm sorry, I had to plus. bring that up. This is the ten plus. I'm always keeping what it real here. This is, this is the upgrade. I got to be one step ahead of everybody here, right? This the is. Big does that have Same like colors? the rubber grip too this along the, the bottom? Yeah, this is, yeah it's a uh, gunmetal. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I want to see how long we can take this pen bit. I'm, I think we can take it till 2025. That <laughs> yeah, just added a whole new element right there. Hey, everyone who sees this pen is. Just like, where can I get this? It's yeah. not a joke. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> who's, the, fire. who's the best team in Canada, Mr. Lifestyle? Last I, I night heard I you guys feel- talking, and I wanted to come in the door like uh, Stone Cold Do, Steve Austin. Yeah. Anytime. And it, it's got to be the Edmonton Oilers. And again, I heard you talking about Koskinen, but I'm looking at his numbers right now. What is he? He's nine and two. 
296. You play a winning game? 296 isn't that low. Yeah, they just came off a five-game road trip. He's tired. You're talking about that glove. He cleaned up that glove this year, but a lot of those, that goal that went in last night on E, that Ehlers scored, that's just that. That's fatigue. That's fatigue. So to go in on that road trip, travel through different uh, time zones, I'll chalk that up to just fatigue there. But for me, it's the Edmonton Oilers. Power plays at 42%. You got Dry Settle. You got McDavid. You got the Peeper. You got Nugent Hopkins, which is the uh, the the forgotten horseman of the four. And he's just facilitating the puck at a different rate. So these guys are on a whole different level. For me, it's the Edmonton Oilers. I like Winnipeg, but it's going Edmonton, Toronto, then Winnipeg. So we wow. can start the debate, but... Again, I got I got TV to do in a couple hours, so we can continue this all night. <laughs> so this is the part where I think I think the consensus would have been the Edmonton Oilers. Like we were working yesterday, we had a roundtable, and two out of the three answered the Edmonton Oilers. So when I saw what I saw last night, it it brought what was I thought the Achilles heels of this team, and that's the goaltending, and it scares five. me. But five games in eight days. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of have you seen I, have you seen me in one game in one day? It's it's tough. <laughs> Five yeah. games in eight days. It's right, tough. Right, and they and he's played a lot because of the injury to Mike Smith. I get it. Can we just talk though about Leon Drysaddle for a split second because the numbers that he is putting up right now are absolutely ridiculous. The the goals through 15 games are the most since Wayne Gretzky, and Gretzky only did it once. The points through 15 games, 33 points in 15 games. No one else in Edmonton Oiler history outside of Gretzky has done this. Not McDavid, not Messier, not Glenn Anderson, not Yari Curry, not Dustin Penner. Like there's, <laughs> there are, there's a like the numbers are ridiculous, and I feel like everyone gives Connor his due, and rightly so. He's the best player and on this, planet And this Earth. takes me back to my days in Florida. We had assistant coach uh, Guy Sharon, and whenever guys would celebration after a goal and on power play, or you know, it's a five-two goal, he'd be like, "Cookie time, eh? Cookie time." So that's <laughs> a lot of these goals that he's scoring or these points that he's putting up. It's to tie a game. It's to put the team ahead. It's a game winner. It's not just, you know, the sixth goal of the game. And right. he's not doing it during cookie time. He's scoring big, big goals. So, for me, that's, that's, that's even more impressive that he's stepping up, putting the team on his back when the game matters most. Do you see something here where he's – I mean, I, I think there's a part of both of them that knows that for this team to be successful – they have to stay at this level, and that's what's the most impressive part of this. But is there something in dry silo where he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just as good as this guy? Yeah, and, and, and people aren't going to like this. I think one of the best players is Ranton in the league because he does it physically as well. And Drysdale, I think, has added that element where he's not afraid to go through traffic. He's coming out of the corners with the puck. He's you know got great uh, stick checks in the neutral zone. So he's playing a complete game. I know on the D zone he's maybe struggling a little bit, but he's taking his next step in his game physically, and that's what impresses me the most. He's not just sitting there. You know, He's got the one tee on the power play, but he's getting to the net. He's getting to the hard areas. And that was sort of the jury, and we'll talk about Nylander, later hopefully that he wasn't doing that but he's getting to the net scoring those ugly goals and it's not just the typical skilled guy so he's getting it done at 200 feet that's what's impressive for me all right so next time you come in uh, Oilers, Leafs, Jets. We'll see yep. if it stays yep. the same and, in the Canadian team. And I, and I also predicted, rankings. my predictions have been off, but uh, I did <laughs> predict that out of the six teams that make the playoffs, one of them was not going to be Vancouver. So at least I'm right with that one. All right, so let's talk about Vancouver because I felt like they had pieces there. And if you tell me what you are repeatedly, I'm going to believe you. Mm-hmm. They're just not good enough. I, I, I'll be honest here. I thought they were going to be better this year. I thought you'd get more from Pedersen than you're getting. I thought you'd get more from Besser than you're getting. 
Uh, do you think that we end up seeing someone let go, especially as they face the well, abs tonight after a 7-1 well, shellac? I'm trying to debate what's scarier, typing in hashtag Canucks or saying Candyman five times in the mirror dark, dark because it's, it's a tough, tough place right now in Canucks land. And, I, and I'm getting laughed off of Twitter because I'm trying to think of my theory. My theory is they did a lot of addition by subtraction. They got rid of the you know, Erickson contract. But guys like Roussel, guys like Godet, McEwen, uh, Beagle, Edler, these guys were glue guys in the room. And regardless of what they did on the ice, like you guys can pull up their stat sheets and their heat maps and their charts. These guys were quality dressing room guys. And when things are going bad or things aren't going well, or well during the, a game, 5-1, someone's getting him from behind, you need someone to step up and do something physically. And McEwen was that guy. So there's no real, uh, you know, physical or identity with this team right now it's well let's wait for the power play let's hope Pedersen hits the net on the one tee let's hope JT Miller has a good game so there's no real identity with this Vancouver Canucks team and I think it has to do with a lot of these glue guys that have gone elsewhere and people are laughing me out of the building last year I'll I'll go back to the tweets Uh, Sutter was a big part of this team Mm -hmm. on the ice off the ice on the penalty kill he's out right now due to long COVID uh, but he's a big big part so they have to find a way and I think what they did they went all in with Hughes and Pedersen and I just think they're not ready for prime time yet yeah I mean the numbers would suggest that right now and part of why I felt I, I was looking for those next steps from those guys and we just haven't seen it's tough the those, NHL's hard that's yeah. why I'm sitting here it's too hard for me <laughs> um <laughs> The Canucks fans, you said the hashtag Canucks. I can't say it. I think if I, it's, I think instead of uh, Beetlejuice, it's, uh, I mean, uh, Candyman, it's Beetlejuice. So if I say it one more time, hashtag right. Canucks, something's going to happen. I think, uh, I don't know. But last, uh, last time I remember the chance of Fire Mike Gillis. Yeah. And lo and behold, it came not far after that. Like, tonight could feel like that in that building with those fans. Like, I don't know what's going to show up there tonight after a road trip like that. I don't know. They're going to throw waffles on the ice? <laughs> there may be. I was there for that. I was actually there for that. I think I scored the fifth goal, and the waffles came flying, hit Kessel, and Dion's <laughs> looking around. Like, uh, but th- th- there's no help coming, right? I-, I was in a situation where we lost a bunch of games in the road. The coach is losing his mind. We're sitting around waiting for something to happen, and the coach evidently got fired six games later, but they just got a vote of confidence. Coach, GM, they trade away 10 players. This is roster, roster turnover of 10 players. What are they going to do? Nothing. This is on the players. You have to find a way to step up, and at least you can compete. If you can compete, the fans will be fine, but it just seems a lot of these games is indifferent, 7-1, 6-1. But they have a, t- a chance to redeem themselves against the Colorado Avalanche tonight, but it could get ugly because Colorado's uh, got some ground to make up in uh, their division. And, yeah. again, I, I don't want to be at the Roxy tonight, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, or Mean Poutine. I don't know if you remember the Mean Poutine Roxy, story. that's all I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember the Roxy, too. Although, I don't remember the specifics of it. Uh, I love how you the, our gift from JP was quickly discarded for the, uh, the iPhone 10 of Big Plus. It's my, that, it's my plus. bat line. <laughs> that is uh, impressive. Stewie, always appreciate you dropping by, uh, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks a lot. All right, there is Anthony Stewart. He'll be working all night. Time for a break. Up next, Kenny Reed joins me in the studio. We'll bring the American League Cy Young vote as it happens. Results, Robbie Ray, winner. By the way, I still haven't said it, Jesse. Did I just mush it? We'll figure it out. Dan Schulman will come by to discuss all things Jays next. I have faith. Do you? Yes, I very do. much. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Uh, Kenny Reed in studio. And Kenny, you and I looking up at the screen. Yeah. 
Wow. Robbie Ray has won the AL Cy Young Award winner in a in a award in a landslide. Mm -hmm. Twenty nine of the thirty first place votes go to the Toronto Blue Jays. Robbie Ray, who is the first Blue Jay to win the award since Roy Halladay in two thousand and three. Though I could have just read that off the screen. Hey, beauty story, right? <laughs> he was not good at all the previous season. Jays took a chance on him, and man, it worked out oh so well. So good on Robbie Ray. I, I like good stories. That's a that's a good news kind of story. I was Jays. looking at the numbers when he came over from Arizona, mm -hmm. and the ERA was near eight. Yeah. Uh, the walks, he had a walk an inning. He had 31 walks in 31 innings. And to think that, what, we're a year and a half later, yeah, and he's the AL Cy Young Award winner. Now, there was some pedigree. He was an all-star in the past. Sure, 2017, but yeah. But look at those numbers in 2020. That's a bounce back. And and to, to lead the league in innings among starters in inning pitch, to me that really means something these days when guys are getting the hook so early. And to do it as a guy who strikes out a lot of guys, so he's using more pitches, you know. Yeah. Not a ground ball-inducing pitcher, but... Just an awesome story. I mean, David Singh wrote a great piece on Sportsnet yeah, that we did. both read today. Yeah. And for me, when, when guys win story, win awards like this, I don't like to get into, what worked for you this year? Like, I like that stuff. But I like to know what what went. Like, the iceberg, right? You don't see everything under the water. There's a right. lot there, too. So I like to get into that. And David did a nice job on that story about Robbie Ray. Well, we'll tweet it out. Because uh, I was thinking about asking Robbie about that specific story. Yeah. And it basically goes back to his... Um, his minor league career. A-ball, yeah. And where his head was at and what he thought he deserved and where he thought he should be and what kind of teammate he was. Yeah. And I think that we way too often times just look at talent. Like part of the thing that bugs me about analytics mm -hmm. is that, yes, a guy can be analytically beautiful. Yeah. If, if he's a pain in the ass and he's not a great teammate. Stewie just talked about the room in Vancouver, right? Some guys. Exact that same things. And this was something that Robbie Ray recognized in himself. And we'll, we'll tweet it out from our Twitter account as well so that if you haven't read it. But it's a real good story about what guys go through just to get here. Yeah, and so many of us who watch sports for a living and fans as well, we just take it for granted that these guys are great. You don't see the work. Like, oftentimes the best are the hardest workers, which is something we never see. But, I mean, that couldn't have worked out any better for the Blue Jays, though. Don't you think on eight million bucks oh, to get mean, a Cy Young Award winner? Yeah, because I was saying you, if you're a Jays fan, you don't want them winning the AL Cy Young because that prices them out. Just went up, yeah. Yeah, like where are we at now on AL Cy Young Award winner and how much he gets and whether or not the Jays can afford him after signing Barrios yeah. for the extension? I know it's crazy to think, and you still got to have money for the rest of the guys. Something tells me there's some young guys who are going to be do big races in a few years, so it's it's so tricky, but. I think the good thing with Ray was is you got his Cy Young season for $8 million, right? So do you want to pay him for the future based on this, or what do you want to do? Well, what if Verlander got $25 million today mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. one year, and he was banged up all of last year, and now you're looking at a Cy Young award winner? Like, what yeah. does that mean? Yeah, I think term will determine, like, part of why Verlander got that much. Because it's only much. one year plus it, a player option. Yeah, I mean, the player option makes me feel like it's a two-year deal. Yeah. If you get the choice to turn it into it, it's a two-year deal. Yeah, it basically depends on how well. But he's is this 38 season. years old. Mm -hmm. Robbie Ray isn't close to that. Just 30. Yeah, it's just it's it's a wonder how long he gets, how long he wants, and I think that'll determine what the average annual value is. He's in a good spot right now. Oh, he's in a it's wonderful spot. And we were told uh, earlier today that if he won the AL Cy Young Award, 
which Jesse's really happy about because he bet it earlier. Oh, I was just How checking if the money guess? hit the account yet. Oh, yeah. And oh, there it is. Yes, it did. $75. Thank you oh. very much. Oh, Whoa. 75 whole bucks. Yeah, big spender. That means I can bet on Sunday now. Well, that'll pay for the cash bar <laughs> bill from your wedding. <laughs> Not quite. I'm a happy man. Uh, but, um, you know, all of this leads to, I mean, we've got awards on the table. We know exactly yes, we uh, do. where we at with awards. I wonder, wonder if Robbie Cy Young will go. Go like that. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, speaking of award winners, why don't we bring Dan Schulman mm. into the equation? But we were told if Robbie won, he might join us on the show a mm-hmm. little later on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Danny Boy, uh, there was another award winner in the building, and he's joining us now. The Jack Graney Award winner, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, Dan Schulman joins us here on the show. <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And by the way, if Robbie Ray phones in while I'm on and you bump me for a Cy Young Award winner, I am not going to be offended. At all. In fact, I would be. I would worry about you if you didn't bump me. Where's your award, Dan? It's not behind you. I would display it like this. Actually, so come on. Uh, it, that's it right oh, there. Oh, beautiful. This is the same spot that I sat in when I did the speech. When I take the speech, and they wanted it in the background. So. Um, there it is right there. Yeah, it's very that's nice. way cool. Oh, sorry, you're mine. just getting a reflection. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't show us your computer and any of the information yeah, that's on that. It didn't work out as well as <laughs> You can eat off your award. I can't eat off this golf trophy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can. I won't, but I could. No, no. And you shouldn't. And Ken shouldn't either because it'll fall apart. Uh, so, Robbie I'd also Ray, get I mean, lead poisoning. We so. were just talking about, like, the story. I mean, when the Jays grabbed him, this was nothing like what we saw last year. No, and, and even when he came back on, uh, you know, for eight million dollars, I think a lot of people, I think some people thought it was great, and I think some people said, "Whoa, whoa. you know, like he still walked a ton of guys, and do you know what you're going to get?" But obviously, he felt he found something. Pete Walker felt he found something. I'm sure the analytics department and the front office felt they found something, and and Charlie Montoyo as well. And it was a magnificent season for him, and and you know, uh, good for him, right? A, a great teammate. He had his best year at the best time of his career, and whether it's in Toronto or elsewhere, he stands to benefit from it. Um, but it was remarkable. You know, he was really good at the beginning, and he just kept getting better and better and better. There was a time where you would have said Lance Lynn is the front runner, yeah. and there was a time where you would have said Garrett Cole was the front runner. But as the race continued on into August and then September, for one reason or another, they kind of fell by the wayside a little bit, and he just kept getting stronger and, and stronger. And, and really, um, you know, especially, too, when you consider the whole Dunedin-Buffalo-Toronto thing yeah. and some of the ballparks yeah. that he pitched in for the first two-thirds of the year. He had a great, great year. Dan boxes. Yeah. Dan, when did you mention he was kind of consistent all year long? When did you kind of look at him and say, okay, this isn't the guy that, that kind of blew up in Arizona last year? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was it was in April. Oh, here comes my two-year-old. I'm sorry. This is live. Cameo. Is let's go. Oh, let's go. Hey, hey, hey. You're an award winner. Do whatever you want. Hey. Hey. Um, this is Hudson. Hi, Hudson. What's up, Hudson? Say hi to Uncle Timmy and Uncle Ken. <laughs> You're on TV. Hi, Hudson. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he loves this. He doesn't know it's Charlie, but he loves this Charlie Montoyo bobblehead back there. He thinks it's hilarious, so he plays with it all the time. But, <laughs> awesome. um, I would say Ken, it was probably, or, or I can't remember who answered the question, but um, I would say about you know late May, early June. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember... I think it was his second start of the season was in Kansas City, and he walked six in five innings, but he didn't give up a run. 
But still, you went, uh-oh, he walked six and five innings. But about his fourth start of the year, he locked in. And he never kind of locked out again. So I would say about June, you started saying, boy, this is for real. This could be for real. And by the time he got to July, August, I mean, he was just nails. Like every every single time out. My favorite, I think my favorite part of the season for him was when he pitched the last game before the All-Star break and the first game after the All-Star break. Nobody does that. But he wanted to stay on four days rest. He's a routine guy, strong as an ox. Who doesn't take a few extra days over the All-Star break? Robbie Ray. And that's when I said to myself, oh boy, they might have something special here. Hudson, what do you think about Robbie Ray? What do you think about him? <laughs> do you think uh, they should resign? You think Robbie Ray's coming back? Uh, would you give him five years? <laughs> like almost twice as long as you've been alive. <laughs> Hudson would be a good GM. He's not giving you anything. No, not the no he does not down. show his cards. That's true. No. He does not show his cards. And, and uh, with people he's never met before, he tends to like just kind of stare at them and he gets he'll be in your soul pretty soon guys i'm telling you he's gonna be right in your soul uh d- does uncle timmy look like daddy um I, I gotta i gotta ask you something because i mean hudson jumps in this is wonderful this is live television this is what works out but this isn't the only sun cameo yeah. i saw over the weekend in fact they may have texted you over the weekend yeah. you were working with ben in syracuse we got a picture of the one that you posted online like it's a family affair yeah so i was doing a a syracuse game for espn and ben is a senior at syracuse in their broadcast and and digital journalism program and he was doing it for the student radio station waer and it actually was total coincidence that he happened to be on the game that i happened to be assigned to at syracuse and we we had a great time It, it was really fun i'm happy for him i'm proud of him he works his tail off. Um, he's called. He's done play-by-play for six different sports at, at Syracuse already: um, hockey, field hockey, soccer, lacrosse, basketball, football. And we had some fun with it. We showed him on TV a couple of times. And actually, coming out of one break, out of a timeout in the second half, they played 15 seconds of my call, and then with the same video, they used his call. And my partner for the game, Corey Alexander, had to vote whose call was better. <laughs> Naturally, he voted Ben, which is, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's, and it was better. I thought his call was really good, actually. So, but um, it was a lot of fun. As, as I like to say, it was a good dad day. Oh, it's awesome. a great dad day. So you had yeah. a, a part of the broadcast, they brought his call on. But did you ever catch yourself during the play? And I know you're a total pro, but did you ever catch yourself during the play, kind of maybe <laughs> glancing over or trying to catch, see what he was doing? A little bit. He was over my left shoulder behind me. We showed him in the first half, but I would have had to have turned around to see him. But I've actually seen him do this a lot. Like when he worked for the, he did games for the Barry Baycats in the uh, Inter-County League. Uh, I've seen him do his thing at Syracuse Radio and TV before. I've kind of been around him, and he's been around this since he was a kid. I I mean, Tim will remember the day in 2016 when I kind of came back to Sportsnet, Ben came down and hung out in the studio with, with Tim and Sid for the, for the time while I was down there. So we've kind of, we, you know, we've been in that space mm-hmm. together a lot, but it, it was, it is fun to turn around. He's very demonstrative when he broadcasts his arms are moving all over the place and he's into it. So a couple of times, Ken, I did turn around to, um, to, to watch him. I've listened to him a lot, but to watch him actually yeah. do it was fun. And when you listen to him, are you like my dad with the, the report card? You rip into him. You'll never beat your old man. This is awful. This is not up to standards. <laughs> How could you dangle a participle like that? <laughs> um, once in a while, he he's okay with, um, I wouldn't even say constructive criticism. He's okay with pointers. So, but, you know, you always try to balance, but really not too much. Uh, honestly, not too much. He, 
Um, he wants to find his own way, and I want him to find his own way. So we, we do talk about it, but we talk more about the business rather like the macro rather than the micro because he's he's graduating this year yeah 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 um he's graduating and it's you know he's hopefully getting on to the next step so we talk about that part a little bit more than the you know the x's and o's uh, let me just ask you one more baseball question before you let you go because it looks like robbie ray is going to join us and he has his kids too i think in the next but yeah, I saw. yeah. <laughs> what we saw from the mlb network it is remarkably similar to what we're doing right now <laughs> Robbie Ray with his kids. Tim and families. Yeah, Yeah. Tim and families, not just friends. Uh, Friends and families. Do you think that the guy that we're about to talk to next returns to the Jays? I think there's a chance. I think there's a better chance Robbie Ray's back than Marcus Simeon is back. That that I feel pretty strongly about. Um, I would have Ray at... I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go 60-40. I think there's a chance. Um... I don't know if there's a hometown discount. Maybe there's a little, and I know it's not hometown. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I think he loves it here. And and I think getting the two months in Toronto at the end of the season, that's got to whet your appetite for what a full year in Toronto with a, a contending team could be. So I, I'm, I'll, I'll go 60-40. I, I want to I err on the side of, no, well, what? Hudson no, likes it. disagrees. I thought he liked it. I thought he liked it. Evidently, Hudson's not so optimistic. (laughs) Uh, This is awesome. Uh, This is real TV. This is live TV. We thank you. We thank Hudson. Yeah. And uh, Tim and families. uh, Anytime. Hudson, Hudson, rip it up at your brother's graduation weekend, buddy. Big party at Syracuse. (laughs) Thanks for putting up with us, guys. Uh, That's awesome. There is Dan and Hudson Shulman. Along with Ben making an appearance via the internet. That's beautiful, man. That's what it should be. Kid walks by. Bring Hudson on. I love it. Bring him on. We did it in the basement uh, with our show. And uh, I was going to say Sid brought. (laughs) Sid didn't bring anybody. No, Sid Sid brought the the smell of cheese and mothballs. And an NWO t-shirt. That was a good shirt, but it was (laughs) tight-fitting. All right, up next, uh, we said we might have a chance. AL Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray will join us to discuss his magical season and what's to come this offseason. Maybe a little bit. We'll try and sneak it in there with the AL Cy Young Award winner. Tim and Families continues. (laughs) Very good. And both the fastball and the slider are as good as they have been at any point all season long. 3-2. 3-2. Got him. Ten strikeouts on the night. Swing and a miss. He got him. Fourteen strikeouts for Robbie Ray. He got him. He's just picked up strikeout number ten. Robbie Ray is about to get a noisy ovation from 15,000 here at Rogers Center. Four straight games with double-digit strikeouts. The first time a pitcher has ever accomplished that in a regular season. Pretty awesome year and pretty awesome to be mm-hmm. joined by Robbie Ray, the brand spanking new winner of the AL Cy Young Award. Uh, how awesome does it sound to hear those words being uttered, Robbie? Uh, it's a huge honor. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still, you know, kind of letting it sink in. It hasn't really fully sunk in yet. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, super thankful, super happy. When you go back a year ago, things didn't go as planned in 2020. Um, what did you want 
when that season ended with Arizona? What did you want out of 2021 when 2020 came to an end? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy. Uh, I knew I was going to have to put in the put in the work if I wanted to improve. Um, I, I knew it was going to be a, a long and hard road, but I knew I was ready for it. I knew I was going to uh, expect only only the best out of myself, um, you know, going forward. So um, I, I knew I just had to, to put my nose to the grind and go for it. Did the word Cy Young ever pop up into your mind after you, you finished <laughs> the season with a 1.89 whip? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel like it, the stuff has always been there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And, and this year you saw what happens when it all came together. So, um, you know, I feel really confident going forward. So I'm guessing a few folks pop into your mind when you hear the words Cy Young uttered. When, when someone calls you to tell you that you've won this award, like how many things pour through your mind as you, you try and process what's just going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, for me, it's just thinking about all the people that have helped me along my journey, um, you know, from pitching coaches to uh, teammates that, have, you know, have been there for me, have helped me through some times. And, um, you know, just uh, thinking, you kind of think about the entire journey that you've had. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I'm a journey guy. I'm a story guy. David Singh wrote a great piece on you on Sportsnet today. And it kind of focused on your 2012 season in A-ball and what happened and you you talked about becoming a good teammate and how you weren't a good teammate can you just take me a little bit through the end of 2012 and 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 how things turned around for you yeah uh you know i like i had said in that piece you know i wasn't a a very good teammate i wasn't a good person uh and you know going home i i I wasn't sure what was going to come out of the next year and uh you know i was feeling down about myself after that year and um, you know, in, in that off season, um, you know, I came, I came to Christ and, um, my life just changed ever since that day. And, and I knew no matter what that, <clears throat> you know, I was going to use this talent that God had given me, uh, uh, for his glory. And, um, ultimately that's just what I, what I've been doing ever since. How long was the process for you to become, like, it doesn't just, you don't just, uh, right. you know, like, is it snap the fingers? Did you feel like it was snap the fingers and you could change? Or was it a process for you? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's still a process. Yeah. Uh, it's still a process of just, uh, you know, as far as uh, just being a better person every day. It's just, uh, uh, for me, the the process starts every, every morning when you wake up. It's just, how am I going to treat today? How am I going to... Uh, get better today? How am I going to be uh, a better person? Who, how can I help someone today? I think that's, uh, for me, that's something that um, that I, I look forward to. I thought it was pretty eye-opening, too, that you, you kind of said in the piece, I'm only going to play baseball for another 10 or so years, but, you know, you have a long life to live. So here you are nine years later, <laughs> and you're a Cy Young winner. I mean, that that, that is a pretty in- incredible journey when you look at it that way. So obviously you only have one year left based on your 2012 answer. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a few years left. Yeah, I, yeah. I plan on playing for a few more years. Yeah, I would. So you're talking about being a good teammate, and one of the things that we noticed all year long was, and we just showed the picture of you putting on the home run jacket. Like, it seemed like everyone was a good teammate. It seemed like you guys had a lot of fun this year. How much did that help you go from the guy that was traded to Toronto uh, in the middle of the season to the guy that finished this year as an AL Cy Young Award winner? Yeah, it was great. You know, the, the Toronto, it was a great group of guys. I, I love those guys over there. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun in the clubhouse, and and we it seemed like we all got along, and uh, it was it was it made it a lot easier to have that comfortable atmosphere in the clubhouse a, a good mix of veteran guys along with rookies um that were you know coming to their own and and so it was you know for me it was fun to watch those younger guys just uh you know learning who they are and and you know being able to be there to help them through that journey as well that's what i'd like to, to know because when you were traded there you're an older guy so how do you become what what you wanted to be that you wanted to be that good teammate when you're traded to Toronto. So what does that entail? Is it just going around going, "Hey, here we go, boys"? Is there something deeper that we don't know about? Yeah, I mean, I think it's for me, it's just being open, being there uh, to listen to guys, um, and, and you know, having a an educated answer when someone asks you something. I think for me, it, I, I had always walked into a clubhouse, and there was always that guy. Uh, that I could go to to ask uh, a question if I needed an answer. And it seemed like when I got over to Toronto that those questions were being asked of me. And so uh, I knew that, uh, you know, coming into that situation that I had to be able to be ready to give an educated answer to to the questions that the younger guys had. And it, it just made me be a better teammate uh, in that aspect as well, just being able to kind of come into my own as a veteran as well. Hey, listen, we know the award is awesome. We've also got a bunch of Blue Jays fans watching right now and wondering about your free agency. Do you have anything to say to the Jays fans who are, are wondering what's next for Robbie Ray? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I love Toronto, but I'm also really enjoying uh, the free agency process right now. Me and my family, we're having a lot of fun with it. And, um, you know, Toronto's great, but we're also, you know, getting to know all the other teams as well. So, we're just having a, a good time with free agency and um, just enjoying the process. I like that you said you're enjoying the process because I'd be freaking out, right? I get stressed out. <laughs> Is part of it stressful or are you kind of going, you know what, I've played ball for a long time. Let's enjoy this ride. Yeah, I think you, uh, every player, you know, plays their career. They play out the, the, the beginning of their, you know, six-year contract ex- expecting to get to this point. And, and so you should enjoy free agency. You, Not very many players make it to this. And so it's something that should be enjoyed. And uh, you should want to to get to reach that goal of, of getting to free agency mm-hmm. and, and kind of getting to be uh, wined and dined a little bit. I'm guessing just because of the times and the pandemic that, that it might have been hard to get a feel for what Toronto was. But do you feel like you got enough of a feel of the city and the fans? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the fans were great. I mean, even when we weren't playing in Toronto, you, um, we got, you know, letters and, and videos from the Toronto fan base that uh, were showing their support and, you know, all over social media. You, it, it was there. So we knew that they were supporting us. And then to finally get to Toronto and, and hear those, uh, those crowds uh, each and every night, it was, uh, it was pretty special, especially for, you know, being with the team uh, since last year, uh, being in Buffalo, and then getting to ex- experience the team going to Toronto uh, this year, um, it, it was it was it was special. Uh, Kenny said, "Enjoy the process." Like I'm, I'm guessing that AL Cy Young Award winner is going to help in free agency either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, awesome. Listen, uh, we really appreciate such a such an awesome day for you and the family. Uh, we appreciate you letting Jays fans uh, and by extension us be a part of it. Thanks for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Congrats. Uh, there is Robbie Ray, AL Cy Young Award winner. Did I say signed with the Jays at one point? Or did I say traded? I think it was the 
don't know. I just thought I had a I verbal thought, burp. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought you said maybe like at the end of the season because oh, it came yeah, over yeah, mid-season yeah, and yeah. it was, you know, one and four and all those numbers. We didn't ask about the tight pants. I think it goes left on set if you can pull those off, you do them. Because you and I both have 38 waists now, right? Sorry. <laughs> Our waists are expanding. Rob no, still no, young. I, just, I wanted to rewind a couple words there, but you know what? I'm probably going to let it go. But you're talking, about, you're talking about the tight pants. Yeah, we didn't ask about the tight pants. Sure. I don't think we needed to. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, you could have jumped in when I was letting them go and no, asked about the tight pants. I don't think we need to. What's this? It's like a, the link is still live so, yeah. if you want to go buy the tight pants uh, um, gear that no. uh, benefits Jay, Jay's Care Foundation. Well, I'd like to benefit Jay's Care Foundation, but I pulled up to work the other day, and Deb Berman had two new suits for me, oh, size 38 waist. I see what you're saying now. <laughs> That's yes, what I'm saying. And you am, and I can't pull off no, what Robbie pulls I, off. I, I've been wearing the size 38s for a while. Ooh. They've got me in the elastic band now, but I've got the hockey hips. All those bisonette pants. That's, That's what, what I, I call the bisonette pants. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, if you want to know more about uh, the tight pants, just go to the Tim and Friends Twitter account. Did you see what we tweeted out? Yeah, that's cool, uh, man. Robbie Ray wins the AL Cy Young Award, and uh, it's just a shot This of is the first time I've ever been on the show where the two guests have cooler trophies than I have. Because <laughs> Robbie has the Cy Young, and Dan has the grainy. I, you know, I'm trying not to be mean here, but I think anyone has a better award than you have. Oof. Excuse me. Yeah, that thing's falling apart. Yeah, you got to be careful. It's hanging off the like, side of the table. Like it's, it's just like what, what are we doing here? Second. It's like a display and it spins. I have oh, to bring my like other trophy. Oh, it's actually it's screwing out. I better put that back in there. I have to bring my two other trophies in someday. They're still in my. They're still in my uh, closet. We have this little cloud. The cloud gets me every time. Great, another winner. Corbin Burns, NL Cy Young winner. Another cooler award than I have. Good for Corbin Burns. So uh, we've had uh, two different kids make appearances, uh, at least on the show. So Dan Shulman yeah. comes on the show, and Hudson Shulman yeah. walks, meanders into the shot, and becomes a part of the equation. Mm -hmm. uh, when Robbie won his Cy oh, Young, so can we get the viz of his son? So he's with his wife, his daughter, and his son. And I think that maybe his son happened to enjoy what was going on I think more than did. anyone. I think he did. That's amazing. Get on him. Do it up. That's awesome. He said his, his guy was eating dinner while we were on before we came on. But, uh, yeah, I'm telling you, if you're on the show, it's your show, but I think it's Kind of very family-friendly. Bring yeah, the kids on. Tim, Tim, friends and family. I, I, I have Jacoby's water bottle again. I am good with that. He's got his name on it that I, <laughs> I stole from him. Oops, there it is. Kenny came in here uh, in studio with his son's water bottle. I stole my son's water bottle. <laughs> awesome. Technically, it's mine. I gave it to him. Uh, we got Cy Young Award winners. Carbon Burns, Robbie Ray, uh, Jacoby's water bottle, and Kenny's trophy. And can I just give one more shout-out today? Yeah. Uh, one of your great fans, Peter McDonough from Halifax, good friend of my family. Yeah. He passed away. He watched you every day. He absolutely loves your program. Massive sports fans. Where were you at, in 72, Game 8? Peter was in Moscow. Oh, Still had the ticket stub. Wonderful guy. Just poured kindness out of his heart, and he just passed away. So I just wanted to send some love to the McDonough family down home. And, you know, when you get a platform like this, sometimes you got to use it for yeah, that. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, thoughts and prayers, obviously. Beauty, beauty man, family. beauty man. Uh, if he likes the show, he's friends and family, too. Well, some of those great golf videos, that's his voice in the background laughing oh, at yeah. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. All right, time for a break. We'll do Last Call with Kenny and Ruby next. Thanks, Pat. Anytime. Friends and family, man. 
Tim, friends and family, Kenny Reed, Jesse Rubinoff, this is Last Call. Jamie writes in, Robbie Ray sounding like he will not be back in Toronto next year on Tim and Friends with a little teardrop emoji. MM felt the same way. Awesomeness. Great interview, guys. Unfortunately, Robbie Ray referred to the Jays and his fellow teammates <laughs> in the past tense over and over again. Yeah, I noticed that. the same thing. Jesse noticed the same thing. Kenny, did you feel I'm like... I'm not very perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> did you, so you don't even remember him saying No, I mean, was, he's, he's going to be a was. free agent. I mean, it, it's reality. He is a free agent. Well, yeah, it's reality. Yeah, he turned down the qualifying offer. I mean, I don't... When, as a baseball fan, I don't plan on... When you see a big free agent like that, I kind of think they're always going to go, to be honest, if they come back as a bonus. But... I, you know, we'll see. We'll the, see. The Barrios deal made me feel like, yeah, they didn't have enough for another big ticket arm. Mm-hmm. And that conversation, which was wonderful, with Robbie Ray, yeah. made me feel like it might be fait accompli here. It might not even be about the fact that the Jays don't have money. It might just be he prefers to go somewhere else. Like he said it, he's getting wined and dined by teams hey, already, right? I'd rather so maybe not. he just wants to go somewhere else. I'd rather not be on this show. Tonight I'll hang out with him. <laughs> it's uh, business. You know, you break our hearts every time you come on here. It's good contractual. Gotta leave you wanting right. more, baby. Um, no, it's the opposite. Huh? I want to get to something. Uh, just from, from, from when Stewie was on, um, Tim, George wrote in and said, uh, you were talking about rolling down your windowsill. Uh, what windows. kind of car does not window sill, but window your window sill, in that's your car. the wood outside yeah, 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 an old yeah. person's window. George said, What oh, kind of car does Tim McAuliffe of Tim and Friends drive if he's rolling down windows? A minivan is not him? a car. So I feel obligated to ask because you said you were driving and this was what led to the, the big pens. Yeah. Who who what do you how do you refer to your like so for those who weren't here, I met a guy downstairs, he gave me some big yes. pens. I rolled down my window to yeah. talk to him. Yeah. And I gave the old roll. Oh, you didn't right. go. I rolled down my window with the remote. Yeah. How do you refer to it? It's still rolling down your window. You but zip you down your window? A, you just press a button. I do. No. I when you press the window. button, it does roll down. down. Or does it go down? It rolls no, it down itself. Roll down. So maybe what's this is the rolling part. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what. No, but I'm saying, down. is there a new word for zipping down your window? Sebi? Put your window down. Sebi doesn't oh, put your, know. Yeah, yeah, put your window. I've heard that. I, I have heard that. i got to give Ken credit there. Put your window down. <laughs> put your got to give him credit. Way to go, Ken. I immediately, uh, <laughs> I immediately uh, Sebi doesn't know. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get on with last call here. Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly, has admitted that she threw a pretzel at a 49ers fan during the Rams' loss to San Francisco on Monday. A Rams fan who witnessed the incident called Stafford out on Instagram, and she replied, quote, I know... I'm an idiot. He was saying a bunch of things that were aggressive towards our crew, but zero excuse. She also said she tried to apologize to the 49ers fans. So, Ken, should this be considered assault? Like S-A-L-T? There you go. Got she it. should get high fives. Good for her. She's protecting her husband and her team. Good for her. This is a story. She threw a pretzel at somebody. If some guy Listen. goes to a grease ball lawyer and they try to do a lawsuit, good for her. Listen, uh, this does has nothing on Jerry Remy and the pizza incident the at the at Boston's Fenway Park. If you're gonna throw something, 
Make it be a pizza. And, and that is so Boston, just greasy. And if you ever had pizza in Boston, it's awful. Anywhere someone, in New England, it's awful. Is someone making this a big story? Yeah, this is what happens. There's people like pile on. The Rams aren't playing well now, so all of a sudden Stafford's uh-huh. wife has to become the story because she threw a pretzel. Uh, on, like this is what the media. The, we are the media, but this is what the media does. We're talking about this it, is so what we're comfortable too. It's a social soft pretzel. Media. They call it a soft pretzel yeah. for a reason. Was there mustard on the pretzel? Uh, that I Please, don't know. We didn't not, dig that like, deep into is, that story. This is ridiculous. Yeah, both of us are whatevs. We'll on just that move. One. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll please. move on. Steph Curry continued his ridiculous start to the season last night, scoring 37 points in 29 pretzels. minutes. Did he throw any That's, pretzels? No. Yeah. He right. threw up uh, a lot of threes, though. The Warriors beat Kevin Durant in the Nets 117 99. Nine threes in the game for Curry, which is like a regular thing for him somehow. Yeah, MVP. What was your biggest takeaway from the Warriors games. win? Is it that's what it is? Is that the Warriors through 12 games? games. Yeah. 14 games. No, my biggest takeaway from uh, the Warriors handing it to the Brooklyn Nets is that uh, Steph Curry may have forced Kyrie Irving into getting the vaccination. <laughs> I, I think nice. maybe Kyrie nice. Irving was watching that game and like, maybe I should get the vaccination because yeah. obviously the team isn't good enough. The Warrior, no, no Clay Thompson. Best record NBA. You were on yep. this. Unbelievable. Early. You were on this early telling people to hop on the futures. Now they're not gonna get good odds. They're unreal. I told and Clay's you, coming back. Told you to bet yeah, the Warriors for the yeah. and I told you to bet. Uh, Steph for MVP. That when ship was, has sailed. When I was running today, I listened to Patty Smith, no the Warrior. I am the, the warrior. warrior. Good tune. Hold on, you're you're running. Run, right. walk. Okay, I got one more story that we can talk about. Treadmills, running, no, other no, things. No, no, no. Uh, the Staples left. Center. The Staples Center is going to be renamed Crypto.com Arena. Okay, the change will happen on Christmas Day, and as part of a 20-year agreement. Crypto.com Arena. Who cares? What's the worst arena or stadium name in sports? Named, and is it Crypto.com? Who cares? Like this was like the Sky Dome or Madison Square. It was already named for a business. Staples. Who cares? <laughs> so we talked about pretzels. Yeah. Corporations. Last week we offended people because we talked about British teeth. I mean, yeah. this is the world's getting out of control. You know, I thought I'd bring up the British teeth thing again from last week. I thought that was uh, really funny. To answer your tweets? question, yeah. though, the, the worst stadium name is Wankdorf Stadium. All right, that does it for us. A reminder, Hockey Central coming up 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet ahead of the Avs and Canucks on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. Some heat in Vancouver. Doubleheader in the NBA as well. Kenny, thank you. Jesse. My pleasure. Ooh. Friends, family, thank you. Oh